This is Week Earth. I'm Case Bradford. Thanks for tuning in to this episode with Seed Oil Scout, or rather the creator of Seed Oil Scout. He has chosen to remain anonymous because he has a full-time day job working in tech. And on the side, he's creating this app to help users find restaurants that cook in nourishing traditional good fat like butter, olive oil, tallow, and avoiding seed oils. We discuss why that is important, how seed oils are insidiously damaging us at a cellular level, ruining our health, and how not paying for these things is an important part of the good food movement. The other side of this coin, sure, we know that seed oils are incredibly damaging and destructive to human health at a deep and fundamental level. But the cool part about this is food that's cooked in tallow, butter, olive oil, it tastes so much better. So using Seed Oil Scout is a great way to find the highest quality restaurants in your local area. And when you travel, you can find the restaurants that are cooking in quality cooking fat. Any home chef knows that this is an essential part of creating good food, but when we go out, for some reason, a lot of people forget about that. This app is an amazing way to find the restaurants that align with proper principles of cooking good food instead of cooking food in a way that is more aligned with making money off you and, and profiting off us. So I'm a big fan of this entire concept at a, at a principles level, at a, at a fundamental level, and I really enjoyed this conversation. We talk about his creative inspiration in creating the app because it's delightful to use. I'll link it down below for everyone to check it out. You've got to try it, use it, find the restaurants in your local area that are best to patronize, and when you travel, this is the best way to find local restaurants, not Google reviews. This is gonna get, guide you to the, the highest quality food anywhere that you go. This episode is brought to you by Rizal Shoes. Rizal Shoes are my favorite new kicks. They feel so good. They're made from water, buffalo, leather. It feels amazing on my feet. There's a copper plug that allows the shoe to be conductive to access the free electron flow on the surface of the earth. It's an awesome way to access the electromagnetic energy of the earth, which supports our body's vitality at a cellular level. If you'd like to learn more, there's a previous podcast episode with the creator of Rizal Shoes, Matt Loberstein and one with Clint Ober, who is the creator of the concept of earthing and grounding, discusses how our bodies are electrical first, chemical second, and the electromagnetic energy of the earth that we access by being barefoot or wearing wisel shoes is a great way to enhance and elevate our vitality. So if you're in the market for a new pair of shoes, I recommend Rizal. Use the coupon code CASE to save 10% or use the link down below to check them out. They are awesome earthing shoes. It's enough rambling for me. I really appreciate you tuning in. Thank you. I hope you enjoy this episode with creator of the Seed Oil Scout app. How's it going? Hey, what's up? Thanks for having me on, Case. Absolutely. Stoked to connect with you or actually reconnect with you because we randomly met each other at a, an event in Austin after connecting over DM. I was saying, hey, you know, it'd be cool if we cross paths in Austin. Let me know if you see me. And then all of a sudden we're being introduced to each other. That was uh, that was pretty awesome. Yeah, that was great. It was it was great going down there. I got to meet a bunch of people, um, a bunch of a bunch of, you know, Instagram friends that I, I, I hadn't had a chance to to meet and tw- Twitter friends and stuff like that. Uh, the barbecue was was really great as well. Yeah, and and you were down there down there for a conference at Rome Ranch, which is outside of outside of Austin, an amazing amazing place. What what were your thoughts of Rome Ranch? What was what was that like? Yeah, it was really cool. Um, the it, it was great to like 
you know, I'm kind of a, uh, like a city slicker, which is sort of why I built the app. I eat at restaurants a lot and I'm based in New York city. Um, so that's, you know, why I wanted to kind of get out of my like normal environment and head down to Austin and, you know, get out to the ranch and kind of see, um, you know, cause force of nature they're they're kind of like the big, we, we were at the force of nature regenerative meats conference and, you know, they're, they're really like kind of sticking their claim and pushing the narrative forward and like fighting back against this like narrative that like meat is like the root of all evil as far as climate change goes and stuff like that. Um, they're, they're, they sell regenerative, um, meat and like ancestral blends and stuff that have organs in them and stuff at supermarkets, basically nationwide. They're in a bunch of whole foods and stuff. So yeah, it was really cool to talk to the team. They did some demos and stuff. They, they butchered someone, uh, they butchered a whole, uh, bison at the, at the conference, um, which was definitely interesting to, to see and, and, you know, new and made you appreciate what goes into your, uh, your, your, you know, Buffalo burger. Um, yeah, it was cool. I, uh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. I had been there for a, a bison harvest earlier in December where they took us along for a bison harvest meeting. We went and gathered as a group and watched them drive out into the field, point a barrel of a gun, essentially almost point blank to a bison's head. They're surrounded by the herd, you know, and then they fired a shot. It rang out across the field. A flock of birds flew by. It really felt an energetic wave as if the spear of the bison had been released out into the back, back into the earth. And the bison fell. The herd crowded around the bison. They paid their respects, essentially. And then they, they moved on. They didn't charge the shooter as I thought they would. I thought we'd all be in danger, but bison, they were pretty peaceful. Not like I had seen on the viral videos of like Yellowstone where tourists get like gored by bison. They were, they were pretty, pretty chill. And then they, yeah, filleted the, the bison kind of right down the middle, opened it up, pulled out the organs and Kate Kavanaugh gave a demonstration of where all the cuts of meat come from. So all those different muscles like ribeye, where is that? And the flank steak and every little piece and part, including the lungs, which were blown up like a balloon and we could, we could touch them. And this amazing demonstration of pretty much every aspect of, of, of bison farming, or at least um, as it relates to the, to the harvest, it was a really fantastic experience and something I would recommend everyone at least does on, on some level to reconnect with our food. And I think that's, that's a big part of what we're both curious in is this, this reconnection to what food really is. And I, I'm, I'm curious what kind of got you started on this journey. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, I call it kind of call it or the mindset that most Americans are in. And it's really like even even Americans who consider themselves to be healthy, I, I call it like cartoon food. Uh, like the way I think it's, I, I don't know, this makes sense to me, but it's essentially like people kind of think of themselves as like a video game character and their food is like these like power ups and what the power ups are is whatever it says on the label of the box that they're opening. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's just not, it's just not what it is. Like you shouldn't really be eating really anything out of a box unless it's like, you know, trail food and you're hiking or something like you should be eating real food. Right. Um, so yeah, I can talk about um, how I got started. Right. So it kind of, uh, you know, like COVID the lockdowns and everything, I think really like rattled and like re aligned a lot of people's perspectives and that's kind of like the way it all started for me right like um new york city i was living in new york um and you know people eat 
meals out. So there are some people in New York who, who will like never cook for themselves basically. Right. Like they'll eat lunch out and then they'll eat dinner out like most nights of the week. Um, so I, I wasn't cooking a whole bunch. Um, but then COVID comes along and every restaurant in New York city is closed for the first time. in like, I don't know, maybe ever right? <laughs> like, <laughs> like a hundred years or something. Right. So, uh, everyone's kind of got to stay in their apartment and like feed themselves. Um, which, you know, you just kind of start, uh, like even if you're going, you know, and everyone's entertainment was like going to the grocery store basically. Right. So, um, just kind of being like, I kind of always thought I was eating healthy. Um, but like, you know, that might've been, uh, stuff like, you know, like eating sweet green or something, right. Like, um, listening. So, you know, locked in, locked inside COVID cooking for myself, listening to a lot of podcasts from just like a lot of different parts of the internet. Um, I feel like I heard about sea oils, like a couple from a couple different places all at once, uh, <laughs> like uh, on different podcasts, like crypto podcasts and other just like lifestyle type podcasts or whatever. Um, and yeah, it just kind of put me down this like natural, um, kind of ancestral eating path that I think a lot of people, um, you know, in our, corner of the internet or, or, or kind of waking up to or have been woken up to for a while. So yeah, I mean, I from there, I just, uh, I had a lot of time on my hands, uh, you know, I'm get, kind of fully wrap my head around like, how terrible the industrial, like, US agriculture based food system really is for your health. Um, was cooking for myself was feeling a lot better. Um, and then so restaurants reopened, right. And you know, all my friends wanted to go to restaurants again. Um, and I was kind of like grossed out, I guess, by my, the fact that like, I knew at that point, like, oh God, like now I have to eat all the seed oils again, right? Like, um, <laughs> there's really, uh, it's, you know, the situation at restaurants is pretty, pretty bad. If you, if you're just, if you, if you don't care if, and don't think about your seed oil consumption at a restaurant, like at an average restaurant, like it's in everything <laughs> essentially. Um, so yeah, I was pretty grossed out by that. You know, I was talking to some friends about it and they were just like, yeah, it's like impossible. What, what would you possibly do? Right. And um, so I built I build mobile apps for a living and I just kind of figured like, all right, like let's, you know, some restaurants don't use seed oils, right? Like some I know I knew of like a handful in New York. Right. So it's like, what if we just like ask, ask our waiter and like we put it in like a shared database or whatever each time we, we go out. Right. Like eventually we'll build up a map and, and we could kind of like you know, make some progress. Right. Cause like there, there are chains like, like down in Austin, there's Zeke, right. And there are a couple other regional chains that are getting vocal about this. There's one in New York called Springbone. Um, so yeah, I, I knew, I knew that I'd have some allies. Um, I knew that there were people who would care about it and use the app. So, and I knew I would <laughs> really want to use it. Right. So, um, yeah, from there, I just, you know, I, it kind of, I had enough reasons to get to work. Um, I started working on it about, Almost exactly a year ago. Um, it's been live for like seven months or so. So yeah, that's uh, that's how that's how we got here. And I mean, now there's I think we just passed like seventy five thousand uh, scouts signed up, um, which is awesome. And we, you know, there's thousands of reports, and there's pretty much just a couple of safe options in every every city in in the U.S. I'd say. Awesome. That is really cool. I. I want to take a moment to just say thank you for the, the work you, you're doing to, to create this application because this is, is really important. It, it's, it's a node in the network. Uh, 
a piece of the puzzle of this good food movement where, okay, we, we are signaling as a, you know, 75,000 people now within the year that's only going to build, that's only going to grow. The seed oil movement really is in its initial stages and it has so much power as such a deep and solid foundation. If we think about what is causing problems in our food system, you really can zero in on seed oils as a primary factor in the cause of chronic disease for a lot of reasons. And we can talk about that, but the problem is that they're so cost-effective. They're being used at such a large scale and have been for decades that they're in pretty much every you know restaurant, kitchen, being used to fried food, cook food, because it's just the cheapest option, but it is horrible for health. And, and there are restaurants that do it better, that cook in butter, that cook in olive oil, and you're aggregating that and making it available sort of so that folks can can vote with our dollars, and then that's going to spread as, as those restaurants become more successful. Other restaurants will come online and say, "Oh, we're seed oil free. We cook in butter. We cook in tallow. We cook in ghee. We can all uh, cook in olive oil. You know, the 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 better good fats." So that's awesome. And I think everyone who's listening who hasn't already signed up, definitely download the app. I'll have a link down below so that you can become a scout and contribute to this movement. And I guess just to circle back to the foundation of what we're talking about here, seed oils. How, how do you explain to people to say, hey, well, why is the seed oil bad? What, what do you tell them? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, you know, it's funny because like at the, when, I, when you first hear about it, it's kind of just this like this internet meme and you're a little confused about like what seed oils are and everything. Um, it definitely to me became a lot simpler when I just like thought of these few, sim- like these few, kind of thought frameworks to, to understand why it, there's like seed oils is such a radical change in our diet. Um, so first of all, like what is a seed oil, right? So I, one thing I say is that like anything that's not any oil that you would consume, that's not from a fruit or an animal, right? So olives are fruit and um, coconuts are fruit, right? So like fruit, avocados are fruit, right? So those are the, all those oils are cold extracted. Um, Meaning that essentially like you're just taking the pulp, like the edible part of the fruit and you're like applying pressure to it and the oil's coming out, right? Um, A seed oil is everything that would be like, that doesn't seem oily, right? Like it's hard, Um, like sunflower seeds, uh, rice bran, which Chipotle uses and everyone asks me about if it's healthy or not. It's like, have you seen rice bran? Do you know what rice bran is, right? Like it's like, (laughs) it's the shell of, of a grain of rice, right? So like, it's, it's dry and hard and it's like a food byproduct essentially. Right. So like, how are you getting oil out of these things? Right. Um, Mm -hmm. and same with like soybean corn. Right. So, so that's what seed oils are. Right. So it's to list them off, like canola oil is rapeseed oil. There's grapeseed oil, sunflower oil, safflower oil, um, peanut oil as well. Um, these are all seed oils right? Um, they're coming from seeds or nuts or legumes, right? And so fundamentally, what the reason that there's such a dramatic shift in like in human nutrition is you, you kind of need to understand like the different sorts of fat that exist, right? So there's saturated fat and saturated fats are the fats you would think uh, are typically um, solid at room temperature, right? So it's like butter, um, beef tallow, lard, uh, as well as like coconut oil, right? Uh, kind of like more on the spectrum of solid at room temperature, right? So saturated fat, uh, t- we don't have to get into the chemistry of it, right? But humans have always eaten saturated fat, right? And then like, like that's 
since the dawn of time, essentially, right? Like we've relied on animal fat. It's the fat that's in dairy. Um, and like our bodies know exactly how to handle it. And our bodies can recognize the calories from those saturated fats, right? So like when we eat them, we, we get full. Like we, our body knows like, okay, we've eaten calories. Um, then there's monounsaturated fat, right? And that's in, um, that's in like olive oil, avocado oil, essentially. It's a little bit more rare, but it's still stable under heat. Um, and generally seems to be healthy. It's a little bit, it's definitely newer to our diet, right? Like, you know, olive oil, we maybe invented like five, I don't know, five or 10,000 years. It's not, it's, we haven't been eating it for as long as we've been eating saturated fats, but we've been eating olive oil for a long time. And it seems to, you know, large studies have seemed to support that olive oil is, is at least might be very good for your health and is at least not uh, detrimental to your health. The issue is the um, seed oils are largely comprised of this third kind of fat called polyunsaturated fat. Um, and polyunsaturated fats are very fragile um, and they, they don't stand up to heat as well. They degrade into these toxic compounds called aldehydes and uh, trans fats and give off free radicals when they're heated. But they're also just like not um, part of our general metabolic like signaling pathway. So they kind of get past the goalie when you eat them, like you don't, you don't feel full, right? So it's not only are they, they're toxic and, and terrible for you, but they're also like, it's eat, it would be very easy to eat like 1200 calories worth of soybean oil, because it's just kind of this like clear liquid that's flavorless that your body doesn't really um, recognize. So before, and I think it's just like worth emphasizing that before the industrial revolution, right? Like you could not produce these seed oils uh, cheaply, right? So before like the 1800s, no one ate them. And uh, at that point, our body fat, like if you were to measure the percentage of saturated fat, monounsaturated fat and polyunsaturated fat uh, in our body fat before like 1940, uh, 1950, and the studies did this, right? Um, we were about 4%, 4 to 8% polyunsaturated fat, which is the amount you would find in like beef tallow, it, uh, or um, other like normal saturated fats. Each fat is composed of all of them essentially, but like a dom it's either dominant saturated, dominant monounsaturated, dominant polyunsaturated. Um, but Americans today, their body fat, uh, if you, when you, when you sample it is 20% polyunsaturated fat. So they're 20% these seed oils, which are much softer. Right. Um, and there's just a lot of evidence that that like holding that polyunsaturated fat in your body is changing your metabolism and wreaking all sorts of metabolic havoc. Um, it's just, it's a total like science experiment, right? Like uh, you're just introducing like a completely new source of calories to humans who have like, you know, we've been, we've had this unbroken chain of evolution, like, you know, going back to the first organisms, right. And at no point were we eating large quantities of polyunsaturated fat because like to, to get of the amount that is in like, you know, a couple tablespoons of sunflower oil, you need like a bushel of sunflower seeds, right? So that you, <laughs> you just wouldn't be eating, eating that many seeds. Um, so yeah, that's sort of, I don't know, the top level view of how I think of it. Um, yeah. And, tw and today, like around 20% of Americans calories come from soybean oil um, across various process processed and packaged foods, as well as, you know, a ton of restaurant foods and fast food and stuff like that. Excellent rundown. And <laughs> it really does sort of provide a clear picture as to what these things are and why they do not quite 
vibe with our homo sapien biochemical structure. And, and I'm just going to read a quick list of the process in which a seed is turned into a vegetable oil. <clears throat> Gleaned, grind, pulverize, press, extract an oil solvent, boil the oil, refine the oil, centrifuge the oil, degum the oil, bleach the oil, deodorize the oil, add citric acid and preservatives, and then you hydrogenate the oil. And that's just a quick explanation of some basic structures. I imagine this giant sort of Rube Goldberg machine it going through all these processes and layers. That's, that's not the way you make good food. Good food is simple. It just, you know, there's a few steps to making it. That's an incredibly hyper-industrialized system to create something that is just everywhere, all over this nation. And I think we all have the experience of going out in public and seeing people walking around with these large distended stomachs sort of hanging out um, and, and it, and we have this colloquial term, like, oh, that's a beer belly. Like these, that guy has a beer belly. In reality, that's a seed oil stomach. This, this, <laughs> this entire, you know, this morphia that, that people are experiencing, it's not because they are, um, overeating or lazy. It's literally because they are eating this mutagenic food called seed oils. And, and this idea, by the way, if you're listening to this for the first time, that may seem a little out there, that may seem a little crazy or a little bit of an overreach. And, and maybe it is to some degree, but it's not fully incorrect. There, there's some deep truth there and it's really powerful because once this idea really takes root, we can actually make some really serious change in the chronic disease rates that have been plaguing us for decades, getting worse and worse and worse. And this really is a root cause of a lot of the health maladies, the, the disease, the deformation that we're seeing it really is rooted in this nonsense that is everywhere. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, 100%. So like, yeah, the refining I, I is absolutely like, it's essentially going through a full, like an oil refinery, right? Um, they need to use like neurotoxins, like hexane and stuff to refine it. Um, it's all of that is done to, to get like the bitter flavors out of the, the oil. And it also strips all of the antioxidants that would keep the oil stable at heat, right? Mm. Like uh, part of the reason olive oil uh, you can cook with it is because it has these antioxidant molecules that seem to stabilize the fats. Um, but yeah, absolutely. I mean, the evidence, so um, arguing with like <laughs> mainstream doctors about this, uh, I, I have a friend in particular who's a, you know, went to medical school and he's, I'm slowly selling him on this theory. It, it It's, it's mainly the reason it's like not so cut and dried to people and it's hard to point to like one piece of exact shining proof um, is really just because diet, it's hard to do hard science on like people's diet. Right. But um, you can pretty reliably look at like any, any like Island nation say that was not eating processed food, right? Like they, they generally refer to it as like the, the Western diet, right? Like as soon as, as soon as some um, like, you know, tribe that was uncontacted uh, uh, gets on the Western diet, they start gaining weight and they get heart disease and all these problems. Right. And like what that means, the most material change there is that they're consuming tons of polyunsaturated fat. Right. Um, and polyunsaturated fat can be stored directly in your tissue. Um, so, and that's, that's like, it's, it's pretty fairly obvious. Like in the U S um, you know, we, we consume like for a wealthy developed nation, the largest amounts of these, fats because we have these massive fields of corn and soy that make them extremely cheap. Right. Um, and Europe, they just, they, that's not like the backbone of their food economy. And they also just have like culinary traditions that they kind of lean back on that don't call for these seed oils because no, 
no culinary tradition used seed oils, right? Like um, they all were adopted, seed oils were adopted in the 18 or 1900s, right? So there's no, if you really go back in history, like there, there was no food that relied on seed oils. Um, so yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it takes some coming around to, but like there's really no doubt. And you can, I mean, there's, you know, people are placing their bets that this is kind of the, the uh, like the next food movement that people will wake up to. Um, yeah. Agreed. And it makes so much sense when we think about seed oils in relation to restaurants. I think this is where it can be a big bummer for folks because we all, I think, grew up having delightful experiences going out to eat or, you know, maybe at some point in time, it's just fun, right? To go out and eat. But as soon as you realize, oh man, everything is cooked in seed oils, fried in seed oils, everything. That means, that means even if you're paying, you know, I think you wrote something about this the other day, like a $500 meal at a very fancy restaurant in New York cooked in seed oil. That doesn't that, that makes it junk food. Like you're paying $500 for a plate of junk food in a way. And, And it doesn't matter, you know, how nicely it's prepared and presented. It's still cooked in this, toxic sludge and that is amazing that we got wake up to and i guess i'm kind of curious how do you now go out to eat and do you have a favorite restaurant in new york and and what do they cook their food in (laughs) yeah yeah totally no it can be really disheartening and and yeah that tweet uh the tweet was about this restaurant carbone in new york which is pretty notorious for being like very expensive and hard to get into it's an italian restaurant and uh, yeah, I just, you know, I thought it was pretty funny when I emailed them and they, they told me that they use <laughs> like, oh yeah, like just don't have, you can't have most of the pastas. And it's like, why would the most expensive Italian restaurant in New York be putting like literally, you know, oil that costs, you know, like, like 50 cents a gallon in their pasta, right? <laughs> uh, it's insane. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of funny, right? Like, yeah, sadly, as you said, like a lot of the, a lot of the fun foods that people, I don't know, you might associate in your childhood with like going out to eat like essentially French fries, anything fried. Um, those are absolutely tainted by seed oils. And not only that, uh, seed oils in a deep fryer are, are much worse. And like mm. the science on that is pretty clear, actually. Like you, that's like much easier to prove that it's like if you're eating food that's deep fried in seed oils, uh, y- y- it, it is wreaking all kinds of havoc, mainly because the just you know that oil could be sitting out for days and it just keeps degrading and degrading into these like horrible compounds like formaldehyde and other aldehydes and stuff so yeah bad news um it is and that can be disheartening many sauces and aiolis (laughs) any kind of mayo-based sauce is usually just seed oils i mean it gets to the point where right like uh there's a restaurant called oshabal in uh, downtown New York and they have some locations in Chicago and they, they tout, they fry everything in tallow. But I asked them about their Mayo and they're like, well, we use Hellman's olive oil Mayo, which unfortunately contains uh, canola oil. Right. So like, Uh. yeah, it's, it's crazy. Um, But you know, there is hope. Um, There are restaurants that, that don't use seed oils right now. There's a couple reasons why, right? Like, Generally, the, the way I try to look for restaurants is like you kind of want to ask yourself why a restaurant is there, like wh- why why the owner of this restaurant started, right? Um, and you want to try to eat at restaurants where the answer to that is like the owner is a chef who cares about food and wants to cook like 
some cuisine that they actually know really well. Um, and they want to cook it well for their community. Right. So like, um, th there's restaurants that like really exemplify that. Um, my favorite restaurant and the most seed oil free, most, you know, like amazing by the book sourcing restaurant you can possibly have in, in New York is it's called hearth. Um, and the, I did a, I did a reel on Instagram with carnivore MD. Uh, and that's, that's where we, we ate there. Um, I actually, I actually got to film that. It, it was, it was pretty fun. Uh, but yeah, so, um, hearth is Tuscan cuisine, but it's like very meat forward Tuscan cuisine. Um, and the chef Marco Canora, who's pretty well known himself, he's been on Tim Ferriss a couple of times. Um, that restaurant's 20 years old. And when it opened, he was, <laughs> he was just as vocal against seed oils, uh, way before it was cool. Right. So they just get, you know, they get all their meat and produce from local farms upstate. Uh, everything's grass-fed, grass-finished, um, as well as the tallow. Um, they they deep fry, like, their potatoes um, in, in tallow. And they do, like, this um, this really good, they call it a variety burger that has, like, a little bit of heart organs and heart liver marrow in it. Um, and it's bunless. It, it tastes amazing. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're like the best, most by the book. Um, and like their vibe, which is kind of like low key, like Italian spot, uh, is kind of what you want. Like if you're walking around New York city, you don't want a restaurant with like a huge neon sign. That's like really trying to <laughs> get you to come in the door. Right. Like, cause, cause the answer to like, why does that restaurant exist is generally, um, because like it's to make money. Right. So as restaurants get bigger, Right. And I've talked to some restaurant owners about this, like as restaurants grow in number of tables, like the more they become like an accounting operation and the more, uh, you know, at the end of every year, they're like, there's a line item that says like cooking oil. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so like I talked to this restaurant, big Italian restaurant in Austin, um, where the owner like himself stopped eating seed oils, but he was trying to figure out like economically, the best option to get his restaurant off seed oils. And it was like a really big high throughput Italian restaurant. And it, you know, it, for him, it was hard um, because restaurants are like, the margins are very low. The margins are like seven or 8% a year. Right. So like he was spending like $70,000 a year on cooking oil. Um, so for me to tell him that like the only way to do, you know, to, to the only way out is to like, is to double that essentially. Right. Like it's, it, it just, um, it changes the math a lot. Right. And now per the thing is, you know, per dish it's, it, it wouldn't be more than like an extra dollar, but the key is like, if his, if his diners don't care <laughs> and he's not going to make more money off of claiming he's off seed oils, then he's not going to do it. Right. So <laughs> that's kind of what we're left with. And like the supply chain around seed oils for restaurants is just so robust. Um, like they get the oil delivered via a truck that comes with a hose outside the restaurant, plugs it into the wall of the restaurant <laughs> essentially, and then sucks out the dirty oil from last week and puts in new clean seed oils. Right. So wow. it's, yeah, it's crazy. Um, but you know, the app is there um, and we've got scouts all over and there's just, you know, there's some, there's some kind of guidelines and, and sort of vibes you can go by, right? Like small, small Mediterranean restaurants <laughs> are a good situation. Um, and I would say also like eating in the part of town, that's not like the tourist part of town, but like the, you want to eat where like what I, 
you want to eat where like the locals with money would eat. <laughs> like in New York, West Village has a ton of restaurants that don't use seed oils because it's like a quiet neighborhood where like basically the people who live there, like the restaurants want people to come back. Right. Mm. And, and I think that's like the key. You want to find a restaurant that wants you to come back. Not that's not just like a tourist destination. That makes a ton of sense. And <laughs> I, I was curious, like how much, you know, per dish would it be to have your meal cooked in butter instead of something like canola oil? And it is, it would be almost makes me think in the menu, if it was like a lot of times you have like add guac for like a buck 50, it was just like cooking butter for like, you know, an extra buck. I think a lot of people would probably take that option. Although. Not everybody, you know, and it may not always work out too. Cause I know in the back of the kitchen, I've, I've worked in restaurants and it's, if it's high volume, it's high pressure. It's much easier to pick up a bottle, squirt in some oil instead of like cutting off a tablespoon of butter, like putting it in the pan, waiting for it to melt. Like it's also a little bit more time intensive as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's why, <clears throat> that's why um, beef tallow, I think ultimately lost the, the deep fryer battle. Um, you know, there was the, the whole saturated fat scare and stuff, but still just like, dealing with solid fats is, is harder. And yeah, like it ends up being sort of a labor thing, but yeah, no, I do think like, I do think people are waking up to it though. And I, I think we can get there, right? Like I don't, you know, I said a dollar, but like, you know, how much to, if you're buying butter in bulk, like even if it's grass fed, like a, enough of it to cook a steak or, or in some vegetables does not cost a dollar, right? Like <laughs> we can do this. It's possible. Um, we just need to, like, like we're saying, I think like voice our preferences and have the conversation get there nationally. Um, but you know, there's more restaurants becoming seed oil free every day. Um, yeah, I think, I think we'll, we'll get there The, the same way, like gluten free came very quickly and is now sort of like many restaurants have, have an option or labels and stuff like that, Mm. that are, that are gluten free, right? Like seed oils are just they're harder for the restaurant to sort of uh, wrap their heads around. And it's really just like, like you said, that, that if you've worked in a kitchen, it's just like the oil's flying all over the place. <laughs> so yeah, it, it'll take a little bit more time, but I think, I think we'll get there. So I'm, I'm assuming, I imagine that you've, you've, you're now eating out at restaurants just less frequently and cooking home at more. Is that fair to say? Is that true? Yeah. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm the scout. So (laughs) I do try to, uh, like roam the frontier and find new (laughs) restaurants that are, that are potentially seed oil free, or even like, you know, there's a whole host of restaurants in the app, especially in New York that are like partially seed oil free or, or you can kind of eat around it. But yeah, I definitely, I definitely cook at home more. Um, there's no doubt. Um, which, you know, what are you going to do? You definitely feel better. Um, but, <clears throat> you know, there's there's always options, right? Like if it's a special occasion or whatever. Um, you know, if you're okay with fish, you learn to love sushi. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, I mean, when I travel, right, I'm always very excited to check out that, like, you know, to find the couple of hotspots that are, that are like, pseudo-free and check them out. Um, like going down to Austin, right, like, I haven't posted a video, but I was going to do like the full tour of all the places I ate. Um, and Austin has a bunch of great options, right? Like uh, this restaurant, Dai Due, 
is mm. is fantastic. They they have like a tallow fryer and they sell all the, they have all these like crazy game meats that are prepared in like really interesting dishes. Um, there's Ziki, which is like the the food trucks that are that are all seed oil free, and there's a ton of locations. Um, and then there's like you know there's a spectrum of like more basically like the the anti seed oil restaurant spectrum. It goes from like more like the like plant forward. Not not like vegan, but like plant forward and uses relies on avocado oil or olive oil, like picnic in Austin, and then like the more um, animal based ones, like say Daidue, or even just some like really good barbecue, right? So I think there's there's a lot to enjoy. Um, I think it's if you know how to order and like if you know which items are providing the bulk of your your seed oils, I think you can still enjoy restaurants, right? Without even without derailing the experience too much. Um, yeah, I think it's, you know, it's, it is what it is, but it's, yeah, totally. If, if you're eating at restaurants, you're not going to be eating zero seed oils. Right. And I know I, the app is kind of set up to, to, <laughs> to try to approach zero, but it, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, sometimes you, you're forced to go out and you're going to eat, you might end up consuming some seed oils, right? You just want to, you want to keep it as low as you can. <laughs> yeah. It's that's definitely key for for long term vitality and even short term. And and I think the best part about all this is like, okay, let, let's compare this to gluten free. The the gluten free options just it's rare that they taste as good right. as the ones with wheat. It, almost never. <laughs> now we think about the seed oil free options; those taste not just better but way better. When you cook something in authentic olive oil or butter or tallow, it tastes so much better than yeah. something that's cooked in like these bizarre sort of industrial byproducts. And it, it, it that's that's really the clutch point. That's what, that's what's so exciting because now we're not only getting people healthier, we're giving them more vibrant, you know, culinary experiences, which really is nourishing at a soul level and why we all love to go out because we, you know, it's, it's enjoyable. It's fun to have a professional chef present you with an amazing meal. And these restaurants that you've accumulated and cultivated through the CDL Scout app aren't just CDL free for your health. It's also the best dang tasting restaurants in an area, not just based totally. on reviews, but like based on the ingredients that they use. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, all these places end up being like super mobbed, right? Like, um, <laughs> like, Di I mean, Daidue in Austin is incredible. And yep. like, you wouldn't, they do a fish and chips dish in there with their tallow fryer. And like, you wouldn't, I think people who haven't had food fried and beef tallow, like deep fried and beef tallow, they'd expect it to be, it tastes like super, um, like heavy or like beefy or something, but it's like actually super like kind of light and like really crispy and, and great. Right. Like it, every, like you said, like everything is just, the food feels way more alive and just, just better. And you feel better after eating it. Um, and you know, I, I think people are, are catching on to that. Right. Like I stayed in Miami for a month in the winter and there's a chain down there called Pura Vida, which it's very expensive, but um, they, it's like a fast casual type chain, but they, you know, they cook everything in olive oil and they're like, it's so much more crowded than all the other fast casual chains. And like, clearly people, I think people like, they might not, a lot of times people like, they, they don't know the words to put it in, but they're just like, oh, like, yeah, it doesn't feel greasy or I don't feel gross after I eat it. Right. Like that's what they're feeling is the not seed oiled food. <laughs> um, so I think like, it's just, it's crazy how long it's taking, but I think it is happening that people are like sort of seeking it out and like avoiding the crappy stuff. And 
yeah, I'm doing my best to like amplify these restaurants' voices too, right? And like highlight the highlight the good ones that are doing everything right. I think it's I think that's that's key. It is it is really key and 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 critical. It's crucial because we had a restaurant here in in Santa Monica uh, that went out of business. I think in 2021, sometime during the whole lockdown period, Bel Campo was the name of it. It actually had restaurants kind of th- throughout California. I think four or five. It was it was connected with this amazing regenerative farm up in Northern California near Mount Shasta, and they had this amazing uh, founder. Uh, she she was on a lot of podcasts and and did a, a great job just kind of speaking about the power of, of regenerative beef and, and of having more of a traditional and, and ancestral diet. And it was, it was in my favorite restaurant and they went out of business because they made some mistakes in, in the way that they were, they were sourcing. Um, I guess there was this whole fiasco where they were selling sort of conventional meat and labeling it as um, higher quality meat when they were having difficulty sourcing it. It was just like a few cuts here and there. It was like a small percentage of their overall selection when a lot of meats were out of stock during the, you know, the pandemic panic and they went out of business. Like these restaurants, as you mentioned, they have a, a small margin, so they really do rely on sort of a, a large loyal support. So it is, it is really uh, great work that, that you're sharing this. And I think everyone listening who is, is able to use the app and find the restaurants that are doing things the right way. This is a grassroots movement that we're talking about. Like we're really at the initial stages. Momentum is building and it's up to us to add our energy to this to like kind of build it and help it grow. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's it, the restaurant industry. It's like it's incredibly brutal. Um, yeah, I like I don't really fault anyone at any given restaurant for using seed oils like it's just so far from what they're concerned about, right? Like they have so many other things uh, on their plate for lack of a better term that, that they they're, they're worried about. Cause like, you know, you restaurants are just many of them fail constantly, even when they're doing well, like, like you said. Right. Um, and it's just, it's such a, the, the hours are really hard and everything. So it's like asking them to do anything that's a little bit less convenient is, is, is tough. Right. And, but I think that's why, like, it's really about, signaling the, the demand, um, and keep kind of making the, <laughs> making, you know, if let's say like a new, like a new restaurant opens up in the neighborhood and they, they're vocal about seed oils, right. And, and they've got a line around the block all the time. Like the other restaurants are going to be like, what are they doing that I'm not? And then hopefully look into it and be like, Oh, this, I wonder what the seed oil thing is all about. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think, you know, that's how it, that's how it starts. Right. Um, so Yeah. Totally. Like, like definitely you want to feel good about supporting those restaurants. And like, I think, you know, I think you just like, you sort of like often those restaurants will, will cost a bit more, but like, you just have to be in the mindset, like, look, like eating out should be like, eating out should be like a special experience, special occasion. Like I'll pay 10% more um, to not eat like garbage, right? Like, and to, to have like a really good experience and maybe I'll eat out 10% less often or whatever, Mm. you know, but I think it's, I think it's worth it. I agree. I agree. And when I was using your app the other day, I I find, I find it overall, it's a pleasant and fun user experience. Like it's a creative, it's not as like, you know, boring and rudimentary as a lot of these other apps that I use. How, where do you get your creative inspiration? Like, what do you, what do you kind of do creatively, artistically? Like what, what, What's that part of you like? Yeah, that's funny. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I uh, visually, I mean, so for the app, like, 
I, I've made mobile apps for a long time. And when I was getting the app started for a couple months, right? Like I really, I thought, I thought like the way I would get most of the reports for the app before I built it would be like eating at restaurants and talking to waiters and stuff. But that like quickly didn't, it wasn't working that well. I realized that if I could email them, um, like quickly, it, I could get way better answers, right? Like th that they could take some time to answer me and the, the, da the data would be more accurate, right? So like, I kind of just built these like quick tools that I could use as I was walking around um, like New York, right? And like, I could just like see a restaurant and be like, oh, let me like DM them, right? Like I wanna shoot them a DM. Like, so I, I built the app to like, you know, you could do that with a couple button presses, right? Like you could literally be walking around a city and like DM five restaurants, like kind of casually. Um, yeah, the visual style, um, I, I do definitely care about it. I want it to be delightful for people. Um, I don't know. I mean, I am, <laughs> as far as like artistically, uh, I don't know. I collect, I collect records and stuff. I used to actually DJ a bit, um, <laughs> which is kind of funny, it's sort of a different life, but, uh, yeah, I, I guess, um, I, I do sort of care. I, I think that, uh, I do think for people to like people sort of quietly, like they won't say that they don't want to use an app because it's like ugly or slow or clunky, but like, they just won't use it. Right. And like, I, I wanted to make it kind of feel a little bit more joyful and like something that, yeah, like just a little bit more fun and humorous and stuff like that. Like, uh, even like the, uh, so the rating system, right. It's a one through five rating, uh, and the titles of it are like, if, if you're below two, it's dying shamefully, which <laughs> I thought was like pretty, just kind of like funny, right. It's like, okay, well you can eat there, but like you can't, uh, dine shamefully means like you can't really eat a meal there without eating seed oils, right? Like, like any meal you eat is going to have seed oils. Then you have dine cautiously, then dine happily, which means like basically just don't eat the deep fried food and you're good. Like they saute everything in butter or olive oil and then dine fearlessly, which, you know, means like go nuts. <laughs> um, you can eat, eat anything that they got. Uh, they don't use seed oils. They don't have it in the restaurant, right? Like they, generally they're vocally against seed oils, right? Um, but yeah, just like making it more fun and making it like a bit of a movement. And also, you know, there's like the ranking system in the app where you get points and you can climb the ranks of the seed oil scout military. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I thought, I, I guess I thought it was worth it, right? Like I wanted it, the, the whole thing to feel fun. Um, I just, uh, you know, it's, it's, if I, if I was going to do, you know, I'm like, I'm going to be doing this for years, probably. It's like, might as well have some fun with it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's great. I appreciate it as, as a user, um, especially because most of the, you know, most, most of the apps or even just interfaces with technology do seem kind of you know, boring and it doesn't have to be that way. I, I feel like there, there's so much opportunity just for like little, you know, what do you call it? Easter eggs and, and yeah. know, small delightful experiences. No, totally. Yeah. I think, yeah. Like I was saying, like, I think that, I mean, the reason it, I think it feels like that is just cause like I'm, I use it a lot and I'm coding it all myself. Um, I think most like usually with most health apps, right? Like you have someone who's very knowledgeable about the, um, the health side of it, but they have to like hire someone to build the app. Right. So like you, when you're hiring someone to, 
do all the work. Like they, they just don't add in those little like extra mile, like animations and little silly stuff that mm. it's kind of, it's sort of easy if you're like, if you're coding it, but it's just like, it, you know, it's like, if you're, if you're like a business and you're paying someone, you're not gonna be like, Oh, can you like make this? And you, you know, you just like, you don't focus on that stuff. So yeah, I'm trying, tr we're trying to have fun with it here at, at the at headquarters <laughs> <laughs> so what do you see the the future of the app do you think you'll ever be doing it full-time once it goes to a certain amount or is it will always going to be a passion project um yeah i would love for it to be um what i do full-time and i think you know i mean it's kind of a balance right uh as <laughs> i mean like the the nice thing about having a day job is that i can keep the app free basically right <laughs> like yeah. Um, that, which is, which is good. Um, I would be more, if I had a lot, if I, and I, I've never raised money or anything either. And if I had investors or if it was like the primary way I, you know, made money, it would, I think, you know, I, I just kind of naturally be looking, I'd be tr really in a rush to monetize the app, um, mm -hmm. which I've kind of, you know, held off on really like, tr you know, trying to do, I think there's basically like, I, I want to get the app big enough to where like that just becomes natural, right? Like, like restaurants will want to be verified or they want to yeah. like restaurants want to do delivery. Right. So I can like highlight their seed oil free delivery and maybe charge them for that. Um, and do like, even just like the, you know, the shopping ads and stuff, like there's a small marketplace in the app that does some affiliate stuff. Um, I think that can get better and bigger and I can put product reviews in that and that can mm -hmm. generate some money. Um, but I mean, as far as like where the community will go, right? Like, um, you know, more scouts is always good because you've just got more people talking to more servers. So keep growing the scouts. Um, I'm working on something called the scouting report. Uh, I was sending out notifications to everyone nearby when a restaurant got reported and that was too spammy. So basically every Friday, it's going to send you just all the restaurants that got reported in your city that week. Um, and you'll just open it up. When you open up the app that Friday, it'll have them all on a list and it's just, it'll just be easy to like poke around and see like, okay, like this week, like what, what got added? Um, I just added ask seed oil scout, ask SOS in the second tab, which is like, it's essentially like a little Reddit clone. So you can just ask like more detailed questions about your city or just generally, right? So like you can ask general like food knowledge questions, or you can ask like, you know, like what's the best butcher for grass fed? meats and liver in New York city, right? Like, um, stuff like that. So yeah, just kind of, you know, continuing to grow the community, um, making sure the app's useful, that it's not annoying that people are getting value out of it. Um, and yeah, seeing where it goes from there. Um, yeah, I mean, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. <laughs> um, and you know, there's, there's definitely, you know, I've got, if, if anyone like uses discord, you can, uh, you can join the, the discord from the settings in the app, but like, we're always, I'm always working with like the, there's some super scouts, right. Who, who have filed hundreds of reports and they, they kind of like, you know, test out new features for me and stuff. And like, like I'm kind of always working with them to make the app easier and stuff like that. So just kind of growing that base, I think is the key to making the, the map, like super useful, you know, and, and it's really, I think it's most useful when you're traveling, right? Like, when you're, if you're in your home city, like you usually know your spots, like your favorite restaurants, like, like you were talking about with Belcampo, but like when you go to a new city, it can be pretty tough to, to figure out what's going on. So I think, I think the app is like really great for just like, Hey, I just touched down in like, 
I don't know, like take like a, a city like Toronto, right? I've never been to Toronto, but like for some reason they have a ton of seed oil free restaurants and they've got a ton of scouts. They seem to not like seed oils in Toronto, right? <laughs> um, and so like now if I go to Toronto, I, I know like a ton of great places to eat. Whereas before I would have been pretty, I think lost. So yeah, just, you know, I think there's, everything seems to be going well. There's no rush. It's just, it's my job to just build, you know, features that people get are, are going to be the most useful for people and like give the base of scouts, the most sort of leverage, right? <laughs> like, uh, like let one person, cause that's what I really rely on. Right. Like I really, it, it, it's usually like, it's, for a new city, like often it's like one or one to five people in a city, there might be thousands of users in a city, but like a small number of people end up like really filing a lot of the reports. So I kind of have to make sure those people like that, the app's like delightful and like easy to use for those people who are really, really, you know, scouting their hearts out. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, I, I really wish you the, the best of luck on that. And I think it's, it's, it's amazing what you're doing. And you, you did mention one thing a, a little bit ago that I do want to, to touch on because it, it's coming to mind. And you, you said that you collect records. I'm, I'm curious if you have any sort of favorites that, that you, that you've got. I'm always looking for, for new music to, to check out. Do you have any sort of favorite? Uh, favorite? I could send you some playlists. So like I collect dance, like dance records, like that you would DJ with. So like, um, like nineties house music and like, 80s there's like <laughs> this is kind of funny um there's like in, in the 80s there there's this 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 era of music called italo disco where essentially like disco happened in the 70s in the u.s right and then the synthesizer got invented and then like disco like came over to italy um so the italians basically had like they were trying to knock up make covers of all these american disco songs but with like synthesizers um so it's like really crazy dance music but a lot of it is like not on the internet um like it's on youtube or whatever but like you can't find a copy of like the actual file that you could play at like a, a as like a dj or whatever so like people collect like the records and um <laughs> so like a lot of weird stuff like that i mean i have playlists and youtube playlists and stuff that i could send you um yeah it's uh I don't know. It's, it's kind of a deep rabbit hole with that stuff. I, I sort of took a break from it <laughs> uh, to do seed oil scout. And also like, I don't know, as I got a bit healthier and I just can't, I can't stay out late anymore. I can, I can do pool parties maybe, but uh, <laughs> um, yeah, not, no more, no more late nights for me. Cool. Well, I'll have to circle back and, and connect with you on, on some of the playlists and, you know, just to kind of bring this towards, towards the conclusion. I think we, we really covered a lot. We went deep on, on what CDLs are, why they're bad, how to avoid them, how they sort of integrate and interplay with a restaurant system and, and how the CDL Scout sort of solves that problem and, and, and brings us closer, you know, to good food. Um, it, and is a, is a great solution for folks who are, who are looking for, for restaurants. I think a lot of people have the experience of, of going on a vacation, maybe Google searching for restaurants in the area and kind of going off Google reviews, but that's really substandard to using CDL Scout to find the best restaurants in the area that use the highest quality ingredients. And I think this is something that is anyone who tries it is going to love it. Is, is there any sort of area that we kind of left unexplored that you'd like to touch on as we draw near the, the end of the pod? Uh, no, I mean, I think we, we did a pretty good job. Uh, you know, I, I would say, 
I don't know. I'm going to do a post about like some sneaky restaurant items that often have seed oils. Uh, watch out for crispy Brussels sprouts. If you eat Brussels sprouts, they deep fry those <laughs> a lot. Um, also ceviches, you would think you'd be good with ceviches, but a lot of times the, uh, the like liquid or sauce they're in, they emulsify uh. some seed oils. So there, <laughs> I'll do a post. There's a lot of like sneaky, I don't know. I guess there's just like watching out for sneaky things and like, you know, order, order stuff that's like anything wood fired or, or grilled is, is often good. Um, steamed is good. Uh, bake, you, you know, baked potato you're often better with, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. If you, if, you know, if you're trying to learn, I post a bunch of informational content over at, um, the Instagram, uh, just at seed oil scout. So, you know, you can follow if you want to check out some of the infographics and stuff. Tremendous. Download seed oil scout, dine fearlessly. I really appreciated, uh, connecting with you and, and having this jam. It was, that was awesome. Thank you. Cool. Thanks so much for having me on.